Hey besties, welcome to Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Manda, and I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest, Sydney. Sydney is an incredible human who brings up the important topic of living with a chronic illness and how to quite literally listen to your gut. You won't want to miss this. So let's get started. Hey, Sydney. Well, thank you so much again for agreeing to come on the podcast and just sharing your story. I obviously know you personally because we used to work together, but I selfishly am so excited to get to hear more about your story because I think you're an incredible person and I'm excited for other people to get to know that side too. Oh, thank you. I'm super excited to have this opportunity and talk about it and with you and to chit chat about it and answer questions and open some doors. Yes. That that's what we're about here. Starting some conversations. Um, so what got me interested in having you on this podcast, besides you being, um, an old coworker is you actually opened up on Facebook this past year about your diagnosis and you actually just hit a really big milestone anniversary. Yeah. So I just hit my 10 year mark of having Crohn's, um, being diagnosed with it. And I feel like it's just really important to celebrate those really big milestones. The last big one for me was my five year and Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. Like the fact that I'm 26 years old and looking back, I was only 16 when all this started. So it's crazy to see and think about how far everything has come and the development in not only myself, but like the disease as a whole, it's just crazy. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. What brought you to the point of a diagnosis? You were 16. So your body is already going through so many different changes just with like growing up and everything. But how did you get to that point? Yeah. So it was over a period of about six months where I just was not feeling good ever. I would be doing nothing and I would have absolutely no energy. I was constantly tired. The joint pain that I felt, you know, in my knees, my ankles and my hands was insane for literally just being in high school. It's not like I was, you know, I didn't work construction or something that I should have all these issues. Um, And then the big one started coming when I specifically remember this one day where I was watching a movie with my mom and dad. And during the course of about an hour and a half to two hours, I had gone to the bathroom 32 times and it was scary as a young person. You're like, what in the heck is going on with me? Um, And that was the point where I was like, I think that I might need to have a conversation with my mom. Like, this is not normal. Um, And then the pain that I started experiencing just became too much to focus on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what started it. And then the biggest thing that really led me to go to the hospital was during soccer practice, actually. Um, We were running and I completely passed out and from that moment, my mom had a conversation with my soccer coach, um, just about like everything that had happened. And the next day we went down to Marshfield clinic and it kind of just immediately snowballed. I didn't expect it to be that quick. Oh my gosh. So at that point, how severe had it progressed? Um, at that point, it was really bad um, Mm. because I let it go for so long, which is like one of the things that I really want to preach to people is the person that knows your body the best is you. And if there is something off and there's something that you're experiencing, go because your body is telling you that something is wrong and you need to listen to it. And I just kept putting it off and I did not listen to my body. And that really dug myself a grave, so to speak, because 
it was far past the point of being able to just go to the doctor and go home. Um, oh. It led to a long hospitalization and a really long road that could have been avoided, but I was very silly as a kid, so. Well, and from my understanding too of my other friends that have been diagnosed with Crohn's, it's like embarrassing and taboo to talk about. Like no one wants to talk about the time they're spending in the bathroom or the way their body is reacting to certain things. Like it's it's not something people feel comfortable talking about. No, absolutely not. And I think that's where the big problem is for people. They don't have that support. They don't feel like talking about the gross things that are happening to them. Um, and these symptoms that you experience with Crohn's and colitis and IBD in general, they're not fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. And especially as a young person, that's nothing you wanna discuss with your friends. Um, and even, you know, 10 years ago when I was first diagnosed, I had never heard about it. I never saw commercials on TV for, you know, medications or anything. So it was all just so new and foreign, which was the scariest part. Yeah, I can't imagine how terrifying it was, especially because with my research that I've done with it, there's such a broad spectrum and there's mm -hmm. so many different types of Crohn's and where it affects you. Yeah. And so if you're comfortable, will you share like what type you have and everything like that? Yeah, so um, inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, is categorized into two different branches. You can either have ulcerative colitis or you can have Crohn's disease. Um, so ulcerative colitis, I'm going to say it's like the latter of the two. It's a little bit better um, yeah. than Crohn's, but also I'm not downplaying ulcerative colitis at all because they're both equally awful. Um, but colitis is more contained to one area of your body, just pretty much the colon, where Crohn's affects your entire GI. Mm. So I was having issues everywhere in my colon was super inflamed. I wasn't able to process food normally. Um, I was getting mouth sores a lot. Acid reflux was a huge problem. There were yeah. just things that were happening head to toe, basically, that were crazy. Oh my gosh. And so after getting that diagnosis, did your doctor set you up on a treatment plan and have you found things throughout your life that have helped you since then? Or do you notice that there's really not much? Yeah, and everyone is gonna be completely different too. Um, what helps me and my medications that work for me are definitely not gonna work for, you know, Joe Schmo sitting next to right. me. It works be completely different too, which is another absolutely crazy thing is that everyone is so different. Um, but when I was first diagnosed, I was in the hospital for four days and we were just kind of trying to get a little bit of a handle on it so I could go home. Um, and they didn't really give me anything for it other than, you know, maybe restrict my diet, watch what I eat, watch stress levels. Um, and it didn't really get better in those four days. And then, I, you know, I ended up going home. Um, and then when I was home, again, it just snowballs so quickly. Things can just get so out of control. Uh, where I ended up going back to the hospital. Um, and this was for probably another month and a half that I ended up staying there. So once wow. I checked in, we didn't know when we were gonna get to go home, which was crazy as well. Um, but that was a really long road of di testing different drugs, um, seeing what worked with my body, multiple procedures, um, just trying to get a handle on it again, a little bit better. Um, so after that, Ultimately, we came to Humira. Uh, it does work for my body really well. 
Um, at first, I started doing it. I think it was every week, every Wednesday. I would. It's a <laughs> okay. Um, so it kind of looks like an EpiPen um, that you can take to more of a fatty part of your body, so you can use your arms, your thighs, or your stomach. Um, and it's just a self-injected medication. Um, and then over time, that has worked for me. So I've actually tapered off to every other week, oh, which nice. is great. Yeah, but. It was a long, long road. I tried three different things before we even got to where I am now. Mm. And during this process, so you're 16, you're in like your formative years basically of life and high school and all of that. Were you able to tell your friends what was going on or did you kind of like put on a face? I would say both. You know, both. I, I definitely had a core very small group of people. I went to a very, very small school, um, mm -hmm. but I had my core people. My family is what I mostly leaned on. Um, you know, no one in my school had been diagnosed with it. I didn't know any of my school, like the high school kids I went to school with, their relatives. I didn't know anyone that had mm -hmm. also been diagnosed with it. So it was super foreign. Um, and honest, honestly, if I'm, I'm going to be honest about everything, <laughs> uh, when I had friends that would ask, I would hate describing what I got diagnosed with because it was embarrassing you know and that's where it's just really sad you reflect back and it shouldn't be that way um so it was really hard but yeah. over the years I mean it took a long time for me to be pretty open about it um but that was a really hard thing was just discussing what was going on with me and what the disease was um that was really really difficult to talk about mm -hmm. I can only imagine I know when we worked together um the past couple of years you had something really recent that you went through um and you started being a lot more open about that which is when I found out um about everything that you have lived through and are still very much living through mm -hmm. yeah I think that's funny I think that was something that I am really happy that this random really gross problem started happening to me because <laughs> it definitely gave me the opportunity to really kick down every single wall that I had. Um, and I really, really trusted everyone that I worked with. And I mm -hmm. felt that I could just be so open. And that really helped <laughs> me because now a year from that point that happened last June, I feel like I can talk about anything. And that makes me really, really happy that I have that ability to do that that's awesome and I think it's just a testament to you personally to your strength and willingness to really just talk about and like destigmatize and normalize things that are happening that are completely out of your control yes. it's not like you woke up and did something to make this happen to you you know it's just the way that your body was created and things that you have to like maneuver through you know yeah. Kind of learn to live with and that's one really big thing that I have learned to accept it and that's what I really also want to preach to people too is you know having Crohn's and pooping a lot and having <laughs> these issues they're what makes me me and it sets me just a little bit more unique and a little bit different than the person that sits next to me you know it might not be the nicest and the prettiest thing about me but it's definitely like something that makes me me and you know 10 years I'm really proud to say that I have Crohn's and I love talking about it now and I just really want to I know that like I struggled with it and I really mm -hmm. want to help those people that are struggling with it 
and that feel like they can't talk about it because I want them to hear every gross thing that I have to say. <laughs> and I want them to be okay with it too. So yes, hopefully, hopefully some people are re- like touched by this and I, want to do. I love that. I um I have a friend Kelsey that I used to work with at another facility and. She always sends me the funniest memes about Crohn's disease. And that was like her coping mechanism was all these. I mean, they don't really have memes about Crohn's, but like lactose intolerant memes. And she constantly send me these memes. And that was just her way of like laughing about it and being like, ha, this is what I'm going through. You know, can you relate? Oh, yeah. No, not really. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, too. You know, oh, my gosh. The amount of butt puns that I have heard in the past year are is crazy, but like they help me so much. It just helps to shed a little bit of laughter on all the crazy things that people have to deal with. And I feel like it it opens doors for that person too. Like if you're gonna crack a joke with me, then I feel like not only am I comfortable to talk to you, but you're comfortable hearing about those things too. Exactly. And based on the research that I've done on Crohn's disease, like you said, if you don't get diagnosed earlier on, it can lead to so many different complications and it can really heighten your chances of colon cancer and losing almost your entire GI tract. And so Mm -hmm. even though like we're giggling right now about it, like it is a big deal for people to just feel open enough to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be body altering. You know, a lot of people have had huge surgeries where you get most of you, like you said, most of your GI tract taken out and that is a huge life adjustment. And that's something that they're going to have to, you know, figure out how to maneuver through life the rest of their life with. Mm-hmm. Um, surgery was something that was highly recommended when I was in the hospital, but my parents, they really wanted me to try every other option. And thank goodness that we did because, you know, I got past it. Um, but unfortunately, some people can't. And yeah, gosh, hats off to them too, because that's hard. All of that mm-hmm. is so hard. Yeah. From what I've seen with things that can help prevent Crohn's disease, it, once you've been diagnosed, like preventing it from furthering is to not smoke, to eat a healthy, low fat diet, to exercise regularly and to manage stress, which that one just makes me laugh because oh, like, me too. that is my biggest trigger because after I, this how? past year, how is anyone supposed to manage no. their stress at all? Like with the pandemic and just everything that's exploding in the world around us. Like that one just made me giggle because I was like, that's impossible. (laughs) Um, But you personally, have you found, I know you said that Humira has been a great source for you um, for medication. Have you found anything else that like either you can identify as triggers or things that help you? Oh yeah, um, I've gotten to know my body really well um, with things that I ingest. Um, my triggers are definitely anything that are gonna be, that's really acidic to the body. So um, fruits and veggies can be really hard. Anything tomato product, game over. I'm mm. done, I'm done for it. So Don't pizza. Pizza, it's so depressing, <laughs> oh. but I know what I'm in for if I eat pizza. Um, that's a big one. Like anything Italian. Oh, I love pasta. That's another one that just breaks my heart. Cause I mm. know how I'm going to feel when I eat it, but, um, it's real, it's also so weird because I can, I cannot eat pasta like at all, but I can eat bread and other products that have gluten in it. So it's so weird. And it's very, very touchy when it comes to food. People are so sensitive and it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find it? Food. 
do you find it hard like when you go out to a restaurant to find things to eat like are you consciously having to make decisions every time you put food into your body yeah it I always am factoring risk versus reward. I always think about that when I'm going to be eating something. Um, you know, when it's someone's birthday and they want to go to Olive Garden or, you know, a pizza place, I always go and I always put on a happy face because I really want to, you know, be included in that. But it's so hard for me to eat whatever I want and to eat things that are on that menu. And it's hard to find things that are going to be okay for me to eat. Um, so I kind of just put on a happy face, but I <laughs> yeah. know that the next day is going to be a struggle, but, um, I guess it's worth it sometimes, Yeah. <laughs> but also it can be, it can be really hard. Well, and like you said, like you're constantly just weighing risk mm -hmm. and reward. And when you take those bigger risks, like you're, you're going to have <laughs> some time Ooh, with problems. that. Yeah. Some yeah. Ooh, problems. Mm -hmm. Um, a crappy day, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> What about getting married? How has your husband navigated your Crohn's? Cause it's one thing I feel like to be diagnosed and be on your own and being like, Hey, peace out. I'm going to spend my time in the bathroom for the next two hours. But what's it like being married with that? Oh my gosh. First of all, getting married was terrifying. Um, one of the big <laughs> things for me is, you know, feelings of excitement or being nervous is also a really big trigger. It immediately makes me have to go to the bathroom. Um, so oh, walking down the aisle was terrifying just because I didn't want to be so excited to marry him and so nervous about all of it that I would have to stop the ceremony and go to the bathroom because, oh my gosh, I could only imagine. Um, but he has been great. Um, having someone that you can constantly rely on and someone that totally understands and that is just gonna let you be in that bathroom for as long as you need to is honestly just like a lifesaver and it really helps mentally too. I feel like I really found somebody that understands everything that I go through and it is honestly just so nice. It's so nice to have someone that I feel like he is one person that does truly understand because when I go out with my friends um, and I eat something or I have a really stressful day at work, I come home and he's here too. It's not just me. And he right. sees all those repercussions. And I feel like he just understands um, and he knows what I need to feel better. And he knows, you know, if I need space, he'll give me that space. So it's been really, really nice to have someone that just I feel truly understands. That's hard to find. Um, you know, a lot of people get upset stomachs and you may think that, you know, you know, you can kind of relate, but it is really hard to find people that do truly understand what you're going through. Um, and Adam has done a really good job at just understanding, you know, mentally what I have to go through every day and physically as well. So it's been really nice. Oh, so. I love that. Yeah. You guys are so perfect together. I'm so happy that you have that support system. Yeah. Um, you did mention stressful days at work. And I know that, like I said, we both used to work together and especially in the animal field, there are really stressful days, really stressful days. And yeah. again, I feel like last summer is when a lot of this culminated. And again, you started talking about things, but I just noticed you definitely making a shift in your life where you're like, all right, this is my mental health. This is my gut health, my body health. And I know when too much is too much. And I, I really watched you kind of transform <laughs> over the past year and stand up for yourself in so many ways, which I admire the heck out of you for. Oh, thank you. Truly, <laughs> truly. It's just so neat to see you, you know, like 
take control of your mental health and your health and all of that. And I'm just, I'm so impressed by you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely over the last year realized a lot like that is really important and you need to be thinking about yourself constantly. So that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> it is working, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I'm so glad. I, yeah, like I said, I think your story is incredible just because 10 years is an incredible milestone. One year, five years, those are insane. And especially Sydney for me to go a year of working with you and not knowing. And that was the crazy thing is until you really started opening up, like your life seems so normal mm -hmm. on the outside, yeah. you know? And I think that's a testament to just how well you're coping. Yeah. But also just that I think you're just happy all the time yeah. to just <laughs> that you yeah. figured it out you know mm -hmm. that's the really hard part with chronic illnesses is you can't see it from the outside most of the time you know unless I'm having a really bad day you can see it on my face it's on the inside um and that's what I'm feeling on the inside and that's not something that's always visible so that's where it also can get really hard but gotta put on a smile you gotta just keep going you know so. mm -hmm. well Thank you so much for sharing and being so inspiring. Um, I do just want to hand it over to you. If you have anything for anyone who's listening, who might have been in your position or is in your position now, do you have any advice or final thoughts? Yeah. Um, just kind of like to hit home one more time with knowing your body and listening to it. I've become so in tune with everything in my body and I feel like that is so important to do. So if there's a signal, if there's pain, if there's anything that you're experiencing, just don't push it away, listen to it. If you're struggling with anything mentally, it is okay to find help. It is okay to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. And that, I mean, we're talking about Crohn's here, which is like a physical problem. And a lot of people think that physical problems can lead like to just a horrible mental state. You know, everything that you go through, it does have an impact. Um, and I just really want people to be able to feel like you can talk about it, you know? And I understand how hard that is. A lot of people do. Um, so I just hope that this kind of opens a door, um, even if it's just a tiny little crack and <laughs> they find a little bit of hope, that's, that's great. Um, so just, I really want people to not be ashamed. That's another thing that I was really excited to share my story because everything, like I mentioned before, anything that is you makes you you. Um, yeah. Me pooping a hundred times a day sometimes, that makes me me. It might not be <laughs> the most glorious thing, but you know, my Crohn's is I've lived with it for 10 years and I'm gonna have it the rest of my entire life. Um, I will and, say though, with you, pooping a lot throughout the day dude <laughs> working with sydney she always knew where the best bathrooms were yeah she's like there were certain got <laughs> there's certain bathrooms so like if we ever go to disney together i know my girl's got me because yes. she's gonna know like the quickest route and where we go so like positives mm -hmm. right <laughs> absolutely i gotta make a map like a little book for people i love it that should be like I know you're an incredible makeup artist and you share a lot of your artwork on Instagram, but 
I am serious. You should start like a poop map of like Tampa and you should start rating bathrooms and be like, oh my gosh, like I Sydney. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> There's a market for that. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of social media, I do want to give people a chance to find you um, if they want to reach out to you because they heard something yes. that they really liked on here. So I will link everything in the episode notes, but if you just want to throw out your handle there so people can find you. Yes, at Salt Life Sailor. It's all um, spelled how it sounds. Sailor, like you're sailing the seas. Hey. Hey. <laughs> sailing through life. I love it. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going. We're going. We're going for it. Um, and when you look her up, you're going to notice that Sydney is basically a Miley Cyrus doppelganger. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gets told that very frequently. I do. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Sydney, thank you so much. I, again, really appreciate you for agreeing to come on here and I'm so glad that we had this conversation and I got to yeah. learn more about your story even more yeah thank you so much um I really appreciate you taking the time too and wanting to learn about all the different things that make people who they are and you know use your platform for what you're using it for so I appreciate you too no oh, thanks friend yeah. <laughs> absolutely you're doing great things Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I am quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences and hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to Sydney for being so candid about her chronic illness. Bottom line, she's one of the strongest and bravest people I've ever met. If you have your own story about how you've overcome something in your life in a creative way, or maybe even want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, send us an email. You can reach us at hello at thatmandagirl.com. Also, if you've been listening to this podcast and have yet to reach out to me and say hi, what are you doing, friend? Look, send me a DM and we'll get a conversation going. See you next week, besties.